going on, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Live Life Wrestling Show. Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, that's me. But another week, man, a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, first of all, Mike, you over there, man? <laughs> I'm over here, man. I'm right, doing good. great. Now, I've been... I've been really excited about how well our last, I mean, our show's been doing well for a while, but the last several episodes have been doing really well. The Thomas Inklet on episode has had a great reception. If you guys haven't checked that at that episode yet, it's episode 133. Do yourself a favor and check that out. You'll even learn some great intel about a four hour a hole that you may be. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Then uh, the episode with Matt Brown was really good too. We got we got a lot of really good feedback from that. It's it's interesting. We had one guy who's clearly a chiropractor who left a review for us. It was a five star review, but he wasn't happy about our disdain <laughs> for chiropractors. And uh, he's like, basically, you you guys do realize that ART people are mainly chiros. I'm like, yeah, I do realize that. And at, at first, I was reading his emails like, you know, I thought I balanced the equation by recommending ART people. And then I realized I didn't I didn't make it clear that most ART people are chiros and that, yeah, of course, there's some good chiros. Well, look, well, look here, man. The it's whole, like if you need brain that, surgery, look, your general practitioner and your brain surgeon, they're both doctors. But guess which one I'm going to refer you to? OK, you got to think about it right, that way. Right. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of that is that I've had negative experiences with chiropractors. Matt has. I could relate to him on that. Right. So we shared those stories. I've also had great experiences with chiropractors like Franco Colombo in Los Angeles and every active release technique practitioner who I have gone to, which is why I always recommend that category. But anyway, I think we'll do an episode down the road where we just go through some of the feedback on the iTunes page and Stitcher and just address some of that. Yeah. Some, some people had certain guests they'd like to see so we can – we can address why we, we're not going to have those people. Oh, I look forward to that day. <laughs> so don't worry, man. We, we, we're interesting people, and we're always looking for interesting people. We have a long list of people we want on the show. We, don't, we, we appreciate the recommendations, but we don't need them anytime soon. But you know, that said, keep them coming, though, because yeah, you never exactly. know. Exactly. You never know. You just might send a, you know, a ballpark winner right there. Then you might have a strikeout. <laughs> but you never know. You got to take a chance, you know. So. And one, one thing we're also doing is we've had I've had several people email me who want to sponsor the show. And I appreciate that. But these are companies that I could tell neither one of us, meaning Sincere and myself, are, are really going to get behind. So I just shot them down. I didn't even bother sending them to you, Sincere, because I could just tell you know, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't need to have a discussion on it. Right. And so we're doing what most shows won't do. Most shows are going to take any sponsor that comes their way. So you're saying that we're not going to get the jockstrap of the month club? You know, the <laughs> <show>. <laughs> They're just going to take anything. They're like, oh, well, these guys are willing to pay. Let's have them on the show. We don't do that because we support our own show with our own businesses. And thanks to people like some of the people I'm going to name now who've been using that coupon code LLA to go to MikeMahler.com or NewWarriorTraining.com and purchase products, they've been – the, the strongest supporters that we can ask for. So here's, an, here's an example of some people. We got Pranit Mungali in India. This guy all the way from India is buying a lot of products and using that coupon code. You know, We have yeah. people in Ohio and Nevada who don't want to buy stuff. So come on, man. <laughs> then we got Nathan Edmonds in the UK, John Mills in Canada, Craig Wilson in Australia, Stephanie Hunt, Raymond Kwan, Kay Murakami, Neville Howard, Derek Johnson, Robert Scott, Jason Doolin. These are all just just people I went and checked off today that have been using that coupon code to support the show. Many of them made a point of saying in the notes, love the show, happy to support you guys. And if it wasn't for people like this, all of you who are listening right now who have never supported the show in any way, you've never left a review, you've never shared an episode, you've never bought a thing, well, guess what? The only reason you're able to enjoy great content 
like our show today in the last 135 <laughs> episodes is because of people like this. Exactly, man. Exactly. And also all people that support us on Patreon every month as well. So that's another reason why we don't need these bootleg sponsors coming on right. here when we have right. legitimate sponsors and people who are supporting the show who are actually listeners. A lot of these sponsors never listen to a freaking episode of our show. And we can <laughs> tell that when they send emails to Mike and myself, <laughs> right. it was like, right. hey, we think so-and-so would be a great fit for you. And it's somebody that's like, a, you know, a dream interpreter or something like that. <laughs> it's like, like, your show is incredible with, with no explanation why. why. It's like, really? Why don't, you, why don't you cite an episode? Like when our friend Tim Larkin raves about the show, he's citing episodes that yeah, exactly, he exactly he's not just going great work guys oh really what episode did you enjoy well oh, you know it's hard, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pick one <laughs> yeah. it's like people who say they read the bible it's like what's your favorite passage well you know uh, nothing it's like well, if nothing sticks out you haven't read it <laughs> exactly and if you come out with like you know the shepherd psalm or something like them like come on you took the easy way out man come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know you know that line samuel jackson had in pulp fiction that one you know? yeah yeah what yeah what book was that from Oh, you know, man, the one that he was quoting. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, thanks to all those Patreon supporters, man. They're steady coming in every every other day, man. We're getting new people coming in. And we're also getting a lot of folks who are actually going back and changing their pledge. A lot of them came in at the $5 pledge that we request that everybody start off with. And they've changed that, and they've upped it, $10, $15, $20 a month, man. So it just goes to show they really do support the show, really believe in the things that we're doing over here. And we truly appreciate that. People like, I'm about to butcher up a name, so get ready. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's Peter Malazuski. I'm going to go with that, and I'm sticking with it. And also, <laughs> and also Harry Brown. Thank you, Harry. That was a very simple name. I appreciate that. So, you know, all those guys, man, we truly appreciate you guys supporting us each month on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash L-L-A podcast. That's how you can become a supporter as well. You see that dollar symbol, erase it, start off with five. If you want to keep that one in that box, add a zero behind it, or two, or three, or four. You know, we won't complain. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, man, let's get it going. Yeah, I mean, we have a great guest today. I've spent quite a few, I spent a lot of time at the Nevada SPCA over the last few weeks. I'm a I'm a financial supporter of theirs as well. I have been for a long time. In fact, when I when I first came out with my Live Life Aggressively book, I allocated a certain percentage of funds to the organization. They do a great job there. I got my Yellow Lab Rubia from there about four years ago, and recently I got a 15 year old Cocker Spaniel from there, Pete. He's a great dog. He's actually chilling out with me right now as we record this show. But I was I was really impressed with how well operated this organization is, how caring the staff is, what a great job they do. It's a no-kill shelter. And one individual in particular who I really enjoy talking to is our guest today. His name is Dwayne Crawford. And Dwayne has a really interesting background. And that's one thing that struck right away as we're having a conversation is while we're talking there, I'm going, man, I wish I was recording this because this is completely podcast material. And I invited him to come on the show. The one thing about our show is sometimes people look at our show and they're like, man, these guys have a real wide net on terms of the guests who come on. And that's on purpose. We have created our own lane. Our own genre, if you will. And I think, I think the one thread that we can tie between all of the guests, or most of the guests, I should say, is that they're interesting people. Interesting people, interesting lives, interesting backgrounds. I think that's the common theme. And this guy today is definitely no exception. So without further ado, Dwayne, how are you doing today? All right. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's oh, a pleasure, man. Thank you for that hero adoption. That is considered a hero adoption. You know, oh, it's a 15-year-old. It would usually last there months. And yeah. We're yeah. not right home right off the bat with you. So we really appreciate that. We appreciate your donations and everything you're doing here. Oh, my pleasure. And I, I will be one of those people that's tapping into your, your program, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the show, so you're helping the show. <laughs> All right. No, but, in the future, uh, I'm saying. In the future. <laughs> 
No, I, I think people make a mistake, and I'm sure you've experienced this a lot working there, of just not giving senior dogs a chance. And senior dogs could be, in my opinion, as young as probably seven or eight. People are thinking, oh, that's too old. So 15, they're thinking, forget it. This dog may die the day I take him home. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, I think that's the wrong approach to look at things. And you should get whatever dog you're comfortable with. So I'm not saying that if that you should you should adopt a senior just for the sake of adopting a senior but i think you should frame it in another way when you think about it and a dog like Pete the way i look at a dog like Pete is he's a low key guy and he's he's going to fit into my pack dynamic really well and the thing about senior dogs is that they're they're easy to work with you know they they've been in homes before they've been on walks before most of, they know how to use the bathroom and things like that they just want to chill most of the time so I, I think people think about themselves too much on how painful it'll be when they pass. And I get that. You know, we've all had dogs pass, and that's the worst. That's the worst feeling. But I like to think about how that dog is going to feel passing in a shelter. Even one as nice as the Nevada SPCA, it's still a shelter, right? It's still not, it's still not a home. And yeah, a 15-year-old dog shouldn't end there is the way I look at it. Yeah, and we appreciate you thinking like that. But unfortunately, in the world we live in, people don't really think like that. And not everybody's capable. Yeah, and I understand right. where you come from. Where it can be an easy process for some seniors, but we are a sanctuary. We get those people don't want. So a lot of them do have behavioral issues. So you're right. taking a risk. You won the gamble there, but I'd say high percentage of times they usually have some behavioral issues, like aggression, possessive behavior, and we went through all that in our interview. Yeah, we're real cautious about that. So is, is that the reason why a senior gets dropped off though? Because Pete is 15, right? He was rescued from a, a kill shelter, I believe. Yeah, and he then came he as a stray. Oh, okay. your guess stray. is wow. Good, yeah, at, wow. at the kill shelter. Your guess is as good as ours. They can come in from foreclosed home. That's what happened a lot over the last four years. Uh, actually, not this year as, as much, but four or five years ago when that economy dropped, you know, Nevada got hit real bad. People yeah. were leaving their dogs in backyards in the heat. Yeah, yeah. Again, droves in. Now, this year we haven't got a hit with that many, but kittens are coming in droves. Yeah. yeah. And those, the, those are the hardest. Dogs that were left in the backyard and the neighbors kindly would bring them into us. We were getting them in droves the last four or five years before this year. I mean, it was ridiculous. And it, it quadrupled from the years prior to that. So yeah. it had to do with the economy. People just gave up on their And a lot of people think they're, you know, a commodity. So Well, that, that's they, the part that I always find really disturbing because yes. would, you, would you just leave your kids behind? If you that's, lost that's, your that's home, that's how we. You know? always, that's how I always raise it to people. Yeah, since you're exactly. like, so probably. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, you gotta be careful. You ask that question too, as well. I mean, yeah. you you've seen guys who left their whole family just because you know, well, he's got he's getting married again or something, and the woman's like, well, I don't want kids, so he ends up like leaving his kids behind, you know, yeah. because he's choosing yeah. a new woman. So it's, it's so crazy. That happened my home. My, my father left our family, but I was older. My my brother wasn't. So yeah, right. you know, so that it happens. Yeah. You know, people. You know, we're, we're all animals when it comes down to Thank it. Thank you. There it is right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That's what <laughs> no, people, people always forget that part. It's like, oh, we need to go back yeah. to biology and understand, you know, before yeah. the human aspect happens. We're animals at the core of who we all are. So yeah. what we do, we get incarcerated. We act just like animals. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I think also something to consider is that I don't, I don't think people take the decision with as much weight as they should. So in other words, they come in there and maybe on one visit they're going, oh, this dog looks like a good fit. Let's go home. And yeah. I, 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 as you know, I really deliberated on. It. I probably visited five or six times, and then I, I would, I would hang out with the dogs. I would bring, uh, I brought my brother over to look at some of the dogs, get his opinion. Then I, then I finally brought my other dogs, Robia and Grover, to see how they interacted with all of them. Talk to you guys, talk to the staff. 
No, I put some real put some real thought into it. Yeah, funny story. My coworker is um young. He's he's not. He just made nineteen. He and he he considered you guys looky lose. I say don't consider looky lose. He's doing it. As far as concerned, I don't even know where it's going with this. He may be just a looky lose. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't disclosed it to me, but this is the right way to go about it, especially when you're getting dogs. Lucky I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna smack that guy next time I come down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, look, no offense to you, but we get a lot of people. No, I know. I'm just you get people just come kidding. in for months and just look at dogs that they yeah, know yeah, they yeah. can't have and they can't yeah. handle just for no time, reason yeah. just yeah, to look tire at dogs. Tire just just sitting there, yeah. like window shopping. So, and and I, I told him, I don't think that's that's what he's about. I think he's gauging their personalities. I can tell. I've been doing this long, way longer than you, so I can pretty much tell. He's gauging their personality. He's going one by one. He's picking particular dogs <laughs> that matches his dog's personalities. Bring the dogs out. All right, don't worry about because he's obviously he's under me. But bring the dogs out. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, and I'll handle it when it gets down to it because we had a lot of customers that day when when he was handling. But probably me and Mike had a a one on one. And I thought that, that dude was such a nice guy. Little, little did I know they're all talking smack behind me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. But I get it. I get it. I completely understand. And most you deal with that all the time. Been there and do the research. They don't. Yeah. They don't know. They haven't done research on rescuing a dog. They go in there with false expectations. Then they're gonna get a perfect dog which you don't get no, we get dogs people don't want or found dogs that have been through a lot and like I, I, I don't want to make it sound like pete was like a perfect fit from day one you know he's got some issues which i expected and he's got some trauma which i can tell as well but he but but i'm amazed how fast he's adapting it's only been about two weeks and i think he's starting to understand the dynamics of how things work around here and he's he's adapting very fast yeah so he's definitely in a home before so yeah you, you want to draw he just probably didn't understand why he was there yeah, you know, they, they they go through a process, right? Like again, it's like people. Yeah, yeah, probably expecting was, to go back sometime soon. It's like, okay, when am I going back to what he's you know comfortable with, which is the shelter at that point? You know, with the faces mm-hmm. that he's familiar with, so he's probably like, okay, how long am I hanging out with this stranger? You know, <laughs> like, when are you taking me back home? Because in his mind, he's probably thinking the shelter now is home. So you can just imagine. I, I think I, th- I think he's I think he's happy to be out of there though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he comes in this house, you realize, okay, this is quite an upgrade. Hopefully, I'm going to be here for a while. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to get spoiled. It's kind of like when you get that little weekend, you know, special to the Aria, and then all of a sudden you get there and like, oh, thirty nine dollars just for a night, you know, because it's off season, but come summertime, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that cheap anymore. You're like, oh, now I got to go back to the Golden Nugget. Okay. Great. <laughs> I'm glad you got the I'm glad you got the right fit because a lot of dogs don't know how to um show you. That they want to be there because no, no, they, they, they had a bad background. I, right. I think Pete's been in a home because again, just like I was telling you, possessive behavior. Mm-hmm. That's a dog that's been bounced from place to place and yeah. doesn't understand, and he he just don't want to be left alone, which can manifest in separation anxiety. Right, right. Well, he definitely wants or, to be or, around me all the time. He follows me around, which which, 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 which doesn't surpri- which doesn't surprise me. Every every yeah. dog I've ever rescued does that, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but um, that separation can be a lot of things too. Clinging to you, or when you leave, tearing stuff up. Yeah, he's not doing that for you. And then the possessive behavior I was telling you know, backing people off or backing the other dog off is a good thing. He he, he understands how to re- to respond in the household. He's not going to result. Well, he that he and my dog Grover have snapped at each other a few times, but I've nipped that in the bud though. Usually it's over food or you know Grover's fairly possessive of me and my, my other dog that I've had for a long time. But they're they're starting to you know there's one if you nip that in the bud. They get it. If you tolerate yeah. it, then they're just going to keep doing it. They think it's okay. You are the alpha, baby. Exactly. You have to be the alpha. You have to you have to yes. dictate the rules of engagement here. And like this is yeah, how things go down. Now, did, did he know commands? Did you have, did he learn them fast, or did he know? Uh, Pete Pete doesn't really. I don't think he can hear too well. 
right. and you won't hand motions you. Yeah, exactly. Move. I have to. I have to basically move him physically out of the way. If he's like, if they're fighting, you know, obviously I'll get in the middle of them, move him out of the way, and then just scold both of them. It's like, no, that's not happening. Time out. <laughs> I'm impressed. You know how to move dogs away without getting getting bit. Oh yeah, these guys aren't gonna bite me. Good. <laughs> Doc is at it. Yeah, so I'm impressed. Yeah. Now Pete, like you said, he doesn't like to have his face touched, but he's better at that now. You know, he's a lot better than that now because he's, his his eyes get red, so I put drops in there, and uh, you know his eyes get messy, so I clean them up each morning. And he's it, each time I do it, he's better at it, I'm not snapping at me, and also not flinching. When that happens, so I mean, it just takes time, man. You know, that's this is why I say it's, it, it's you know, having a dog. It's not a toy. You know, it's a living. Let me tell you how impressed I am. You already said three things already that I've had maybe twenty people in the last two months bring dogs mm-hmm. back. One, just snapping the first time, which I tell them is going to happen yeah. if I see signs, and they bring the dog back. We start, we start me telling them what to do. Yeah. And then for the eye drops thing, oh, that's medical. We can't. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and, these are the same, and these are the same people walk around with Benadryl in their purse, you know, and you're ready to yeah, take them out of drop them down. <laughs> they can't do the extra for the dog. And and they come some people come in specifically like you did for an older dog and they bring back the dog for medical, which we don't understand. You know, you said you came in for an older dog. Right. If you if your mother had to be hospitalized and they said she's gonna send her home with you and she'd come up with another medical issue, are you gonna take it back to the oh no, she can't stay. She's I can't. You didn't tell and, me about this. And, and trust me, my, my mom worked in a nursing facility for 30 years, and that usually happens. Like, oh, I can't take care of her. And they just drop them off like pets. So that these are the same people you got to kind of think about. They're going to do that to a human. Can you just imagine what they'll do with an animal? But the cool yeah. thing is, like what Mike was just saying, everything that Mike described with pretty much just addressing, you know, Pete coming into the home and getting him to acclimate to everything is no different than how a parent, a good parent, disciplines their children. And, you know, and, uh-huh. and then, you know, if I have friends who work for adoption agencies, they go through the exact same thing with foster children and, and children that have been adopted with the children who are already in the home. Because, again, you don't know exactly what these, these kids who have been adopted are bringing with them, their stories. You don't know what's going on. Same thing with Pete. Right. You can just imagine. He doesn't want to have his face touched. Well, you got to imagine, okay, what, what happened in previous homes that, that happened to his, to his face? You know, yeah. that, that makes him be very protective of that. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law's dog, and one thing about it, she does not like white-haired Hispanic men. She cannot stand them, <laughs> and which sucks because my brother-in-law is Hispanic, and so anytime his dad comes around, Luna just starts growling and going crazy. Now, she's gotten better, you know, but for about a year, he, he couldn't come anywhere near her. She would just go off, and she loves everybody. She, she loves everybody. That. Oh, any white-haired white. Hispanic male that <laughs> comes in that house she loses her stuff, man. It is so crazy. I have to tell her, I'm like, hey, Luna, calm down. And he goes, what is this? It's like, the, she likes the black guy, but she doesn't like me. I said, hey, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I flipped the hair white here. That is impressive. Yeah, it I've heard so that. It's funny I've because my heard. father-in-law is Egyptian. He has white hair, whatever. He can come near, not a problem. <laughs> so it's just, and I mean, they pretty much almost look at like as far as their style and everything else, but she knows. She sees my brother-in-law's dad. She's like going off man so i'm like yeah. you know what i gotta mad i have to sit there and think what her previous owner what he looked like and what he did to her but she just cannot stand it man right. so you gotta think about those stories they bring along with them and just be patient because it's don't take it personal it doesn't have anything to do with you it has, has something to do with their background and just be patient and guess what one thing about dogs they're very intelligent they're very intelligent they're gonna realize you know what you're not a threat you're okay okay you're patient you with me i like you words you can look at the signs yes, yes. you're right <laughs> you know and they, they can they sense it <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Everything you're hitting there, because I always use adopted children as my interviews or, or the jail aspect of it mm-hmm. and how they're going to react. 
Yeah. And you know, to certain different people. And and it's funny, your mother was a nurse, so was mine. And for like mm-hmm. 25 years as well, she just retired. Yeah. And she was home in hospital. So you understand, You she got, <laughs> explained to you the good and bad in people. Yeah. And you've seen every kind of Every kind of spectrum there is. Yeah, I've seen it growing up, man. Going to work with them, just like wow, man. It's like, it's like again, it goes back to when you're adopting a senior dog. You know, yeah, you know, they could be in the shelter, but one thing about it, you want to make those years as comfortable as possible. So that's that's one of the reasons why I consider adopting a senior dog. Yeah, I mean, like Mike was saying, do you really do they really want to you know pass away in that shelter? You know, but it's even better when they have very focused love from one individual or an individual family. Instead of just, yeah. you know, various coworkers, you know, at the shelter and you got all this other chaos going on around them with other dogs or whatever. It's not making their last days very comfortable. You know, right. it's like so. people want. Pack yeah, exactly. It's like people want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, did, he does well in a pack. And also, I mean, he was a mad at mess when I picked him up <laughs> from you guys. <laughs> not to not your fault, because, I mean, he was just out, you know, he well, was just well, out well, and about. Well, let, let, let's explain that. We, we, we have uh, we're, we're a nonprofit. So we don't we don't have the staff. And right now I just lost one more person. So we got people working. I'm working seven days for the last three months. We got people working six, five days, which I appreciate my team for getting in that because, you know, it's one fourteen, one ten right now. And they got to work in the heat for the family most of the day. Wow. But anyway, we go by a process. The most matted come first. And we do have volunteer um, groomers come in and mm-hmm. help us out. And we have maybe one person a day a week that can get to them and despite the rest of the work. So it goes through a process. And every day we get one more matted mess over top. We got dogs coming like Bob Marley. <laughs> so, I was just thinking that. I was like, oh. So, you know, yeah, that one gets pushed to the to the lower end if there's one pushed ahead. But we get to them when we can. If they last, if he lasted another couple of weeks, he probably would have gotten to unless well, I mean, it's, it's summertime. Just, just, so basically, going, it's going to be a lot that. more of those coming in. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, like that. That. I got him groomed the first day I picked him up from you guys. And that changed his personality right away, of course. <laughs> you know, he's clean. He feels good. He feels energetic. So I mean, he didn't enjoy getting groomed. <laughs> the groomer, she got, uh, she had her day cut out for her on that session. But you know, it's the first time he's probably been groomed, possibly ever or in a long time. So again, that's yeah. something he'll get. This, the next time it'll be easier. The time after that it'll be easier. But that that's changed his personality quite a bit in terms of his energy. Felt really good. And you know, he's 15. He goes for long walks. He likes to be active. So I, I think a lot of times when a, when someone hears a dog is that old, they just think they're going to be hobbling around, which is sometimes the case, but it's and, not always the case. And they don't understand to do what you did, you know, clean them up. Everybody feels better when they're clean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, you clean them up, get them comfortable, feed them. Just like a person will react. The dog's going to react the same way. He's going to feel comfortable, especially if you've been in that home environment already and know what's coming next. Yeah. I mean, everyone feels better when they're clean. Like my dad likes to go camping in a camper in Montana. So you're not taking a shower for weeks on end. And he's wondering why he's so irritable. <laughs> you know, like, guess what, dad? <laughs> got to you. Uh, like his, his dream would be to be trailer trash, but he's too intelligent. So he, <laughs> so he can't do it all year round, but he can block up at least a month in the summer to do it. You know? <laughs> hey, let's, let's backtrack a little bit and get in your background because one thing when we were talking, probably a month ago when we were talking at the SPCA is that you have, you have a really interesting background. You grew up in New York city. You were, you played in a league with Shaq briefly, I believe. And then, no, no, no. I only met Shaq. I never played with Shaq. I played with NBA players, but not with Shaq. No, you said, I, thought, I thought you said you played with his balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably I could play with his balls like a basketball. He said, 
But no, I just met him in a nightclub, and I met you know I'm from New York, so you mean a lot, of, and I, and I've been to L.A. I've been blessed playing basketball to to go a lot of places. Come on, man, go, go with the lie here. That whole league story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been that would have been good for sincere show notes. There, you know? that's gold. That's gold. Like shit. I mean, shit. Sincere and I met him in a club, and, and that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we saw him at the Cosmo one time. Walked by, we're like, wow, who's that big black guy? Oh, that was Shaq. And there you go. Story. <laughs> oh no. Our conversation, because we had a, a huge conversation, just like oh, me and okay. you were having. Oh, cool. And we, we were talking for like a, a half hour, and we, we were playing his bouncers when chicks were coming by. So it was a fun experience meeting him. <laughs> he was a, he's a good guy. Yeah. What you yeah. see what you see on TV is sort of like his personality for yeah. what we, we, we understood. It was only like a half hour to an hour, but, you know. Right. You get to give him somebody's vibe. He's happy go lucky, like I am. You know, you like to live life free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he seems that way. He seems he, he yeah. promotes a lot of these comedy shows. He's always in the front row, taking the blunt of all the jokes, and he's he's having a good time with it. He laughs about it. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. <laughs> no, you have to be. You know, you comedy know. keeps you young. Laughing yeah. keeps you young. Exactly. If, if you take yourself too seriously, you're going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Because once people pick up on that, they're like, oh, really? This guy, let's get under his skin now. This is good. Especially at notes and no, it affects you. Yeah, of course. Especially in that environment. Yeah. Exactly. The comedy, the comedy. Like, oh, you mad? <laughs> this guy looks really irritated. Boom, let's turn to him. Okay, so now you yeah. grew up in New York. Where, whereabouts in New York City did you grow up? I'm from Brooklyn, Brooklyn Flatbush. The Bush. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the bush. The bush. Uh, one eight, baby. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to Erasmus, the school special ed is from. Okay. Oh, okay. High there you go. School, junior high school with Chip Fu or the Fu Schnickens. Yeah. Actually, no, uh, Chip. Chip actually uh, worked with one of my best friends um, on his couple of projects out here in Houston. He came out here. Man. I haven't seen him since I was a child, bro. So I just, I only, I, as close as we live in New York, yeah. in Brooklyn, in oh, yeah, I mean, I've never seen him. Really? Junior high, I haven't met. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But what's crazy is like if you're just going down Flatbush Ave, it's amazing. For me, like when I, um, one of my friends, she lived in Park Slope. So just walking down the Flatbush, man, and I'm sitting there looking like I pretty much saw my entire childhood as far as my record collection all in one day. Just walking down the street. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. damn, there's so-and-so. Oh, damn, there's so-and-so. There's Buster. Oh, there's so-and-so. It was just crazy. Because yeah. I worked in the music industry. I saw more people there than I did when I was at work. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. And everybody's just hanging out, yeah, chilling, yeah. man. Because, you know, one thing about it, I've noticed a lot of folks when it comes to Brooklyn, they don't like to leave. <laughs> they don't like leaving out of Brooklyn, man. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's a melting pot, especially if you're somewhere crazy like Panama or Jamaica where my mother and father Oh, from. yeah, yeah. Can't get food anywhere else. If you do, it's expensive, like out here. Yeah, Jamaican man. Jamaican food, it's, it's crazy. Exactly. It's how expensive it is. And it's so, probably yeah. not any good if oh, it's my, in Vegas. It's, it's nothing better than <laughs> home cooking, man. No, no because, because, I mean, restaurants in Vegas suck in general, regardless of the background. So <laughs> I, can't imagine, I can't imagine Jamaican food is good in Vegas because pretty much any delicacy isn't. <laughs> you know? Here's the, here, one thing about the way when I go into a Jamaican restaurant, when I ask one thing, that lets me know just how authentic it is. When I say, hey, do you have any Kalaloo? Do you have Kalaloo patties? When they give me a crazy look. And he turned his head sideways like a dog. I'm like, okay, I'm walking. Oh, out. No, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like going to an Indian restaurant and they don't know what samosas are. <laughs> you guys have samosas? What samosa? Uh, so <laughs> no, we don't have any samosa. No, she left. She left already. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Kalaloo. Yeah, my my mother goes crazy for that. Oh, so if you know, if you went sitting, you know what that is? Yeah, man, that is some so. Irish moss, man. And then when they tell you, put it like this, they actually have some Irish moss and they're not sold out, then yeah, I'm going to walk out. Because it, oh, yeah. that shouldn't last. <laughs> you know, they make just a, a just a right amount, a batch of it, 
maybe every other day, and it should be sold out ASAP. So they're like, oh, yeah, we have plenty. I'm like, oh, that means it sucks. <laughs> you shouldn't have plenty of Irish moss ever, <laughs> okay, because it's way too good, man. <laughs> when I, you go out here, if I do go to Jamaica restaurant, I just go once a year or something. Um, if they have Irish moss, and it's half the time they don't, even out here. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> it's universal <laughs> like that, man. <laughs> So how, how did you end up in Panama? I think you said you spent a lot of summers in Panama working on a farm. How did that well, unravel? Actually, he, he, my father shipped me and my sister and my brother to Panama when I was um, 12 to till, till 15. They were they were younger than me. We're all three years apart. So for three years we spent, we came back for like holidays once a year or something like that. Okay, so you were actually out there, bam, we were out there. for three years. Boondocks for, for a while, yeah. We learned the culture. <laughs> in Spanish. They retained it better because they went in there younger. So I, I can mm-hmm. understand it, but I don't speak it as well as my two younger siblings. How did we learned a lot. Now, why did you, How did you send you guys out there, man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a problem like this in the South. Whenever your mom, mom sends you to your grandma's house in the South, it means you're yeah. acting up or they're trying to keep you from acting up. And you're yeah. gone for the whole summer. And then if you still didn't get right, they're like, you know what? You're going to just end up staying with your big mama from now on. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, what happened? They were working things out, I think. <laughs> Because okay. I think they got into a fight right before that, a physical fight. So mm-hmm. they were working things out and sent us away. My brother actually was the problem child. He stayed, but he was from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. He was my mother's son and his stepson. So he already had it out for him from the beginning. Right. He came in here. You know how a lot of immigrants still go down from the Italians to the Irish. You know, they come with that gang mentality. He came out a thief. Mm-hmm. He was been in out of juvenile, um, you know, juvenile centers yeah. about two or three times. Yeah, actually robbed my friend's uncle. And I used my friend, who was a big deal at the time, then kill him because he knew he was my brother. Wow, wow. So, and he, he's, he's, um, been, he got murdered, um, like 10 years ago, though. Mm-hmm. He wound up, um, robbing some dreads in New York and fleeing to Texas. And at that time in Texas and Dallas, that was the hot spot for, yeah, yeah. for drugs. Yep. So I mean, he yeah, robbed some cats. Yeah. Yeah, he took up a whole block. He, he took the spot. So a month later, he came back flying back in silk shirts and, you know, club about blue gear. Yeah. But and, and actually the dreads, I thought, you know, it was right out of a movie. The dreads came to our house looking for him at once. Yeah. And me. looking back now, I didn't think of it at the time, you know, back then. And that kind of culture with drugs, they would kill your family looking back at it now. Yeah. Especially if this is like if this was like the, the mid to late, yeah, you know, the late 90s. You know, because yeah. actually, uh, I actually lost a friend in the same situation, yeah. man. You know, and I, I know like pretty much so many of uh, the dreads out here and the community, the guys that came straight from Jamaica over here. And I knew the game they were doing because they owned a lot of clubs and I was DJ oh. at the time. So I knew all the things that were going on back then, you know, so and I, I saw it happen. And I saw it happen firsthand. It's one of the reasons why I moved back from Atlanta, because it killed one of my friends over a mistake. You know, it wasn't he had nothing to do with anything. But it's just like they, those guys don't play. They don't ask. They they shoot first, ask questions later. And they, you know. That's why I didn't think about it till now. But now, <laughs> really looking back on it, they could have just murked the whole family. <laughs> right? Because yeah. again, they don't. Ask where we live, looking for them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but what? Well, anyway, it came back mm-hmm. at him because he robbed those cats in Dallas. And like I said, at that time, Dallas was no joke. Nah. So I mean, my mother had to go to Dallas to describe the body. They shot him in the stomach where he went. Died right away with the sack a lot, right. so she couldn't tell him but by the feet. So rough, but you know, I I ain't getting no drugs. Basketball, actually, when he did do all of that, he bought me my first pair of basketball sneakers, Jordans. 
the black the black and red ones. The, the first one ones. with the <laughs> came out. That really got me motivated to get into basketball. So, and I started playing in summers, you know, just in the backyard and that sort of thing. And actually, my best friend, whose brother was the second drug dealer in, New- in Brooklyn at that time, we had just started playing basketball too. My sophomore year, going back to school, got shot in the head in the, in the, in the lobby because he wanted to, you know, take on his brother's lifestyle. Wow, man! Day before school, expecting to win outside before school, you know, in a fresh gear, and he never showed up. So New York can be rough, but yeah, exactly, man. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, how did all this like play a part into where you are now, and just kind of helping right. you stay on the straight and narrow? And you yeah, because like, I mean, I speak for myself. Seeing a lot of my friends do some crazy things. You know, but, you know, I got to be very thankful for my grandparents raising me because people always sit there and blame their environment. Like, well, you know, that's just how it is around here, son. Da, 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 da. But I'm thinking like, you know, I was telling everyone, it always starts at home. It, I always knew no matter what kind of dirt my friends were doing, no dirt they were doing, no life was more dangerous than my grandmother <laughs> catching me. Yeah. And that's how I looked at it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you can put you can take that nine millimeter out of my face because it it, it does not equal to my grandmother's freaking house shoe okay and how, and how she can use it you have no idea like dude, i'd rather get shot than go to jail and have my grandmother have to come and get me out of jail okay so you don't understand man my, no prison rikers nothing compares to my grandmother's house and you know and i think again you know people talk about corporal punishment this that and the other and you know i i have some mixed feelings about that but then again look man i got my ass whooped you know and i'm good you know, I, I know better. I'm to this point now. I'm 43 now. I still won't curse in front of my grandmother. You know, my mom and my aunt might do it or whatever. I'm look at them like, can you not do that before she hits you in your mouth? And they're in their 50s and 60s. They look at me like, boy, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, man, grandma, you know, she just earned that respect. It's just, it's just, again, you just know. You just know. And like I said, there's no crime. There's no life. There's no thrill that would outweigh the danger of having to deal with them again. So I think that's one of the things that's missing right now with the home. Yeah, you, having- you're totally right with the family. Despite my father leaving, you know, my, my sister literally hates him. Don't speak to my brother because he's in contact, but I haven't spoken to him in like 12 years. Mm-hmm. But even though he worked a lot because he was the president of FSCR out there, the hospital union, mm-hmm. he didn't see him a lot, but he was there and he raised us. And he, he put the fear of God on me. I always heard his voice in the background if yep. I was trying to do something you know, so... I do appreciate it, and I don't hold any high say, even though we're not, we haven't talked in years. You know, I appreciate it. I, it everything could be always worse. You could be born in, in the 1960s and be black, bro. Hell, or the 1860s. To my words, even yeah. worse, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, you could have bought a slave. On top of that, they didn't, they, didn't have, they didn't even have flush toilets back then in the 1860s. Yeah, yeah. You go back in history. You're still humans. You're just blessed to be born now. Exactly. I always laugh when born people like, I couldn't have been a slave. I'm like, yeah, look, you know what? That's because you actually have a choice right now to say that. Yeah, exactly. It's easy, to say, it's easy to say that when no one's trying to throw a whip on your back. And, exactly. and like being, you know. Just, no, living in Africa in some places. Even now. Even right now. So, it's like, exactly. Like, you know, you know, you know, you look at what goes on in the Congo and all that. This is like, nah. And people are like, I want to go back to Africa. I'm like, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I got, if I want African heat, I'm going to stay right here in Texas. You yeah. know, I, it pretty much matches it. But anything else? Nah, I don't want to go back. For what? Having, having been to Africa many times, you know, beautiful countries out there, but, but wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> See, it's always said by those who've never traveled there. You know, exactly. like, we need to go back to Africa. <laughs> Okay, uh, bro. You, you go right ahead. I, I have your email address. We'll keep in touch. <laughs> I have your Facebook. Okay. Like I do. These animals are here. <laughs> animals that have <laughs> the flies. <laughs> exactly. Larry, 
Yeah, there's a, lot, a whole lot of survival out there. It's totally different. So yeah, No doubt. Funny. So, Dwayne, I mean, you grew up in New York City. You spent a lot of time in Panama. How did this – and then you were a model for a while, too, right, in New York City? Yep. After, after um, college, I dabbled in modeling and a little extra acting. And then, then you, you, got, you got tired of guys hitting on you left and right. So I'm sure that <laughs> – That's a part of uh, the, the model. That is true. It's going to happen. Most of the major players in all entertainment, you know, you're going to have and everything, in every walk of life. It's been yeah. for centuries now. Yeah. So just because yeah. we're, we're more local win now, you know, that's been a part of the fabric for, for, for forever. You can go back in the Bible and go the something like that. So I, I don't so have any hatred. You were, you, were, you, were off, you were cast for the show Oz as Adebisi's roommate. Bottom bottom bunk. You know. get on the bottom bunk. Bend up and pick up my toothpick. Like I don't want to kill you. I want to kiss you. Oh, oh man! So then, from all things, you have uh, you, you ended up working for the Nevada SPC. So where, where did this love for animals come from? Because I know you're really passionate about helping animals. You don't end up at a job like that and do it as long as you have without having that intrinsic factor. Always, even before Panama, always. Yeah. See, as a kid, my father sent me to Fresh Air Fund to work on a farm oh, okay. during nice. the summer, couple of summers. Actually, once I wound up in um, a rich guy, rich person's home, but. Out of three out of four summers, I wound up on a farm. Even before then, because he saw he saw the pattern with me, and he sent he sent me to those kind of programs. So he saw my love for them, collecting ants or what, for whatever, reading books. Even when I was in Panama, reading encyclopedias on different species of animals and that sort of thing. Hey man, we have the same. So it's that love ant embedded in me. Yeah, all yeah. animals, not just dogs and cats, all animals. So it was it was inevitable, basically. Yeah. So what, what was it about the Nevada SPCA that drew you in? Well, actually, when I came out here, I moved out there to be my, my lady, Sharonda, who you, who you guys met earlier. Uh-huh. Um, I started, I tried to get back into freelance modeling out here, but it didn't work out. And I worked for a vet out here. And this guy, um, I forget his name so long ago, but he was um Muslim, Muslim name. He worked at a vet hospital and he used to beat the dogs. Wow. So rather than get into it with him, you know, he was beating his own dog. He had this new pilot Mastiff that was a puppy. Oh, man. man, it was great Dane size already. Yeah. So it would rip the sidings off. His new sidings he was quoting that he just put up and was chewing it up. It's a puppy, bro. I, I tried to tell him, you know, a couple of times it's a puppy. And he took that dog in the room and beat him for like 15 minutes while the staff listened. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. It was his. I mean, it was a chain. This this vet clinic was a chain, but he was he owned that specific chain, so it was really bucking the system. My last draw was he. Just who punched who would yeah? Who would take their dog to this vet though? Yeah, and he <laughs> you know? punched he punched a customer's pomeranian in the face because it oh, bit man. him. If he if he even thought about doing that, with one of my dogs, I I would fuck that guy up so bad. I have no idea. I would no longer need paper targets at the range. It's like, nah, exactly. Like nah, man. Through the Vegas, guy would get his butt kicked so Vegas, you know, she knows Vegas better than me. I'm new to here, so I I got to get out of this situation. Yeah, and I'm not working a vet again. So that that's maybe wind up at the Nevada SBC. I actually met the then then their president. 
Wow. So she's trying to do some free, freelance modeling out here. She's no longer the president now. And I met Doug through then, who you've met. Uh-huh, sure. And that was like his second or third year there. So I'm, I'm, I'm there from the core when we were just in the back with 30 kennels. And how many kennels now? It's roughly 250. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a big operation. I didn't realize it was that many kennels, though. That's a, that's, that's big. That's the biggest lead. Lead is five times as big as best. Um, Leads a kill shots, not, though, right? Not the children, but they, you know, they get assistance. We don't get any assistance. We're not public funded or government funded, so we survive on donations. Right. That's why you and, and the proceeds were so huge. I mean, really appreciate it, guy. No, it's my pleasure, man. You guys do a great job there. So you started there, what, 10 years ago, eight years ago? Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what, I mean, you deal with people bringing in dogs every day. And even all the times I visited there, I would see people bringing in dogs and dropping them off. And you guys are very good at not being judgmental which I think is important. You have to be because otherwise people are going to be discouraged from bringing animals in there. And while I don't like to see people abandon animals and I don't always know the circumstances, I don't like to see it though. At least they're bringing them into a no kill shelter. They're not dropping them off the pound, but there must be times where you're just like, man, I can't believe this person's giving up this dog. It's it's, it must be hard sometimes to just be impartial while you're filling out paperwork for each person coming in. Unfortunately, we go back to where animals. So it's most of the time, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not like most. I put myself in people's positions, so that's why I don't come down on people. You never know. If you got to decide between your dog and your family, you know, most people are going to pick the dog, if, especially if it's a new dog. But I myself. But I mean, what, what's, what's the scenario right, where you have to make that decision? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, the, I myself, well, again, you're an animal lover. You, you yeah. know. But I mean, but I mean that, what's, what's the scenario where it's like, you know what? I can, I, I've got just enough to take care of my family, but. Can't have the dog here. Like a dog is so expensive. I'm just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. My yeah. Co-workers, especially when you see people laughing when they're turning into animals, and that's the worst. Yeah, that's messed up. Or very smiling or smiling. Like it's that's no big worst. deal. Exactly. No big deal. Not a family member. You know, man. I mean, some people cry, but after the fact, after it hits them. But when you see those people smiling when they turn into animals, and like it's nothing. That that's, that's like oh, like what a relief! Finally getting right. rid of this. What a burden yeah. this animal's been all this time. You know, when I was there one time, there were two young guys who brought in these uh, beautiful black lab puppies. I mean, they were they were they were the same size as my terrier Grover, but they were puppies. Yeah. I think six months old, four months old. And at first, I was like, man, why would anyone give up these nice dogs? And I talked to the guys outside for a while, and I could tell that one, it sounded like these dogs were pushed upon them by someone else. In other words, they were taking care of them because someone else couldn't. And they didn't feel good about it, though, but they had dogs at home, and it was just overwhelming. It was just too I much. So I changed my, my – I had a paradigm shift as I talked to them. You can't prejudge people. That's why I try right. to tell my – right. you can't prejudge them. Yeah, and they That's didn't feel I'm good saying. at all about it. You could tell this they, – they weren't smiling at all. They were very the, the solemn about the whole thing. Yeah, and that's why it was a smooth transition. We took those dogs with no problem, especially labs. I mean, we got an influx of pits and chihuahuas like everybody else, right. most kennels across America. Right. But – Labs are highly adoptable. They'll fly out of there. We usually do by appointment only, but an animal in distress, we're taking in, obviously. You come in and there, the dog in a sling, we're taking that dog. Yeah. It's, you know, dehydrated, look like it's something from heat. You know, we're, we're taking that dog, but we, finally we do by appointment. We're not a big facility. We don't have right. a space. But, you know, we got to watch people dumping dogs out in the heat in the street. Yeah which they don't consider that dog running the street and get hit by a car. They think the dog's going to run through the door. I don't understand. You know, so again, you don't understand people, what they're thinking. 
You just don't think they're thinking, basically. Well, I mean, when I lived in Los Angeles, I would I would meet people all the time going, oh, yeah, you know, I just moved into a new apartment that doesn't allow dogs. So I had to get rid of my golden retriever of eight years or my lab of eight years. And I would just look at them like they're the biggest fucking idiot in the world. I go, did you did you ever th- did you think of finding an apartment which allows dogs? That's How about like, that? Was that the only <laughs> yeah. apartment that was because, in Los Angeles? Because really? yeah, exactly. Los Angeles is a pretty big second fucking place. largest city in the country, and that's the only apartment they had available. <laughs> it's like, okay. it's like chances are good if you look that's around a, high a little bit. Of people are turning animals, so they're moving, and they can't take the dogs with them. That that Jeez. yeah that that would that's be a hard a for high me to high percentage high percentage of them. So like, yeah, you're they can't move with dogs. We can't take them. It's like, no, it's, not, we're that, talking it's not that you can't. Some chihuahuas, too. <laughs> Fit in your pocket. They can't <laughs> yeah, move with that dog. Yeah. yeah. Come on now. I mean, there are a lot of apartments that won't allow kids either. You're going to drop your kids off, too? Just like, okay, well, we got a new apartment. They don't allow kids there. So, <laughs> But, again, well, I mean, I, but I, when I, you uh, hear that, somebody like, oh, that's just stupid. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, here's another living being that you can that's considered part of your family. That's stupid, too, that you would do that. So that's yeah. the thing. Is there always, it's always this thing where they they separate the two. What do you feel like? Right. Well, it's just a pet. Well, there's the problem right there. You just think it's just a pet. No, it's a member of your family. Okay, when you go and you get it adopted, you get it spayed, neutered, and all that, you know, they end up taking, when they put them on file, you know, there's going to be Grover Mahler. Okay, it's not, right, just, exactly. Gro- it's not just Grover, quote, unquote. Okay. Hey, Grover the <laughs> but dog. No, Gro- quote, quote, unquote, is on Sesame Street, okay? <laughs> okay? So this one has a last name, which means he's a member of the family. Come on, man. Right, right. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're under your protection, you know. So it's your yep. job, job to protect them. If someone tries to harm your animal, it's your job to fuck that person up. You know, if someone <laughs> someone try if they're sick, like it's kidding, your job yeah. to help. Them. Yeah, someone someone attacks yeah. your kid. Like you know, there's a guy in my neighborhood who was telling me that, and he's a nice guy, but it was hard for me to respect the guy after he told me the story because anyway, he and his wife and his young daughter, daughter's probably six years old. They're walking around the neighborhood and they have a, a Maltese puppy. And uh, this dog's a very friendly dog, very gregarious, really nice dog. And they, they told me that they walked by a couple the other day, and they had some big dogs. They didn't see the kind of breed. They didn't remember. And, and apparently their Maltese was off leash. So the Maltese ran up to this big dog. The, the, the guardian of the big dog grabbed the Maltese by the leash, picked him off the ground, and said, take your dog away from me, otherwise he's going to end up as lunch. And I was like, well, what did you do about it? He's like, oh, you know, we, we, we just we just went away quickly. I was like, look, man, <laughs> I was like, so you're trying to tell me that you as the man in your family, your wife is right there. Your daughter's there. Your dog is being attacked. That's an attack. Yeah. And you didn't do jack shit about it. You didn't say, get the fuck off my dog at least or don't ever touch my dog. You know, th- those are the least you should do. Now, apparently, I'm not going to hit a woman, but there was a guy with her. I would have hit that guy, even if he didn't say shit, <laughs> just because I, mean, I was that, like, that you know no, what? That's I, a, it's no different. That's a family member. It's no different than if, if somebody exactly. wanted you in your family and they said, I'm going to kill your wife if you don't get out of my face. That's a verbal well, threat. And guess what? Now I can respond because I didn't make the, exactly. I didn't make the threat. So I can respond accordingly. And, you know, it may yeah. not end up well for you. you it know, is a threat. I, that's exactly right. It's a threat. What if someone grabbed your kid like that? <laughs> just gonna walk off you know it's just i'm just like man you know i wouldn't even have to think about what to do in that situation my automatic reaction yeah would be, I, I was just about to say most yeah. people would just react they, they wouldn't be thinking most people yeah. would just react exactly be thinking of that and say so that you know that red gets over your fi- your face in your mind <laughs> right <laughs> you're like a bull but that like that kind of stuff is not going to happen to guys like us because they're not going to come at us like that you know, some of you, some, just like just like animals, just like you were saying, Dwayne. You know that animals in the day, he can sniff them out. They can sniff out the weed. Yeah. That guy knew he could tell that guy that. You know, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's you where know, I'm going. Don't mess with. You know, I'm a friendly guy, but 
Even in college, <laughs> I, I, my, my, my best friend, they will come. I had the car. They will come ask him for the car. <laughs> I'm a friendly guy too, but I don't. But I don't look like I'm a friendly guy, which yeah, which but, which works in my favor a lot because a lot of people think, "Wow, that guy looks like a mean, pissed off dude." I was like, "You know what? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not." But go ahead and keep thinking that because so that is, saves me a lot it's, of it's, it's great punk repellent. I can tell you that. You know, I hear it all the time. Like, man, you know, when I first met you, man, I thought you were just like mean or, or you just angry, but man, you were really cool. I'm like, well, that's what you get for judging. I'm like, you should have asked me. okay. Yeah, you should have been like sincere. You should have been like, why? Because I'm a black man. You know, just like <laughs> just, just, because we all know that's a white person who said that to you. Just, you know, that would well, have I've been heard from I've heard of all different types, man. Because you know, even even my own people when they see Dred, they think because they're gonna go by what they've seen on TV. So they think like, yeah. oh, he's a crazy Jamaican. You know, he, they, they, he, they've he watched Mark for death one too many times. Yeah, he has a yeah, Uzi they've in his watched Mark right for now. death one too many times. You know? <laughs> from, where are you from, sincere? Actually, I'm from I'm from I'm here in Houston, man. I'm from Texas, but you know everybody thinks like, where are you from, Jamaica? Are you from New York? You know, I'm like, what you think Texas can't grow locks? What the hell, man? What does that even mean? You know, and that that was mostly especially during the '90s because that wasn't that was a that was a very taboo thing during the '90s to grow your hair out here in, in the South like that. You know, whereas now now people actually go and get them put in. You know, they get extensions to look like they have locks, which is just <laughs> funny. You know, they go see their loctician every week. I'm like, a lock what? I was like, come <laughs> on, man. I said that is not the purpose of growing them. Like, come on, it's not this fashion statement that you can. Once you decide you don't want them anymore, or it's too difficult, people, too many people making fun of you, you can't get your keep your corporate job. You'll get them taken out, and you <laughs> shave your head, and you know, you know, you look like Don Lemon on CNN now. It's like, come on, man. So. Yeah, it, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm out here in Texas, man. Been out here all my life, as a matter of fact, except for about one year when I was in Atlanta, which was no different. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Atlanta is just like I, I've been to Atlanta. I haven't been to Houston though. Yeah, pretty much the same thing, man. Same, same laid back well, I, I atmosphere. Think, I think the main and and the be. And, and I'll be honest, I don't do much to thwart the, the, the sign of I'm not friendly, you know. But <laughs> except just try to smile every now and then because I appreciate not being messed with. But I think it's just going over Brooklyn. It's a yeah. different, different vibe. Yeah, it's a different Even vibe, here, man. In New York, you say hi to somebody. Like, I was just about to say that. I remember the first time I went to New York, and I remember you yeah, know, a guy looked me in my eye. First of all, in the South, when you make eye contact with somebody, you acknowledge them. And I had a guy it's look, a, you know, and he's like, he looked at me and go, what's up? I said, hey, what's up, man? And he just kind of looked confused because his what's up wasn't the same what's up as mine. But my what's up <laughs> confused him so much that he had to start asking questions. So the first thing out of his mouth was, like, where are you from? I said, I'm from Texas. <laughs> A word? And all of a sudden he was calm, he was relaxed because, you know, again, what's up to me means that's, that's being friendly. Not, it's, it's not a time to, you know, to sit there and get aggressive, you know. Right. So you get aggressive when y'all see your hands balling into a fist, then I'm on alert. I'm like, oh, okay. What's <laughs> so, up can mean get aggressive. That's what yeah, I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he had to ask me, like, where I was from because, again, he's looking at me and I look like a, I look like a native. Especially on the East Coast, it's yeah. often like yeah. a confrontational phrase, like, what's up? You know, yeah, like that guy's... exactly. So by him looking at me, well, he looked right, like so... I fit the bill. He's like, okay, he looks like he's from around here. But then once I said, hey, what's up, man? And then he goes, oh, wait a minute, where are you from? Texas. Oh yeah, what part? <laughs> Houston. And the first thing I was like, oh, you know the ghetto boys? Which is sad because I do. So, but I get sick of hearing that question when I hear on these coast. So I'm like, yeah, man, I know them. But he goes, ah, oh, he's. I'm just telling you, son. You know, when you're right here, somebody said, what's up, man? You know, I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna keep speaking, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be me. So I said, look how we are right now. He's like, yeah. You know, that, that's true, God. That's true. You know, so, you know, we just moved on from there, man. But, you know, it's just amazing to me. Or if somebody's just sitting there, you make eye contact, you say hello. Even if they're not in Brooklyn, if you're in Manhattan, hey, how are you doing? Or you tell somebody when you leave them, all right, you know, be careful. Be careful was a phrase that threw everybody off when I was there, man. Like, all right, man, be safe. And they're like, wait, from what? 
<laughs> Everything, man. Be aware. That's that's all that means. It's like I don't want and on the subway or the bus. You don't, you don't make eye contact. That's how serious it is. Yeah, I know. Man. Look into the floor. Book, you don't look I sit on the train all the time when I'm there. People putting their heads down. I'm like, oh hell no! That's how you. That's how you get got. You're putting your head down. I said, no, I'm checking out my awareness, man. I'm checking out everything around me. Uh, DC is the same way. I remember I walked by a subway one time and I just looked in the window and there were five guys and they're looking right at me. I was like, Jesus, man! And then, then I just kind of turned away and kept walking. But they were looking to see if I was going to lock eyes so they could come running out and start something for nothing. I was right. like, wow. Like, screw that. I was like, nah, it's all right. Yep, situation awareness, man. You don't have to stay there and just approve a point. Like, well, I'm not afraid no, of no. you. Like, no, I'm not afraid of you, but I'm not stupid either. It's like, you got some... You, you got to You can't... Uh, <laughs> you got to wait. I mean, fighting, fighting, should always, fighting should always be the last resort, exactly. right? Exactly. Not, 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 not the first course of action. No, I don't want to hear about, resort. well, I, I fought it because I wasn't the punk. I said, you know, cemetery is full of people who thought they were punks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're animals, but we're supposed to be smarter than animals. Exactly. <laughs> Trust me, that antelope's not looking at that lion, you know, in the Sahara, like, you know what? What you looking at, lion? You know, that? <laughs> the antelope is looking at this herd like, hey, I think we need to get out of this watering hole and go come back another day or another time. <laughs> so, I mean, we can learn a lot from animals, man. Yeah. I mean, what, what a... What's the most gratifying part, though, Wayne, of working at the Nevada SPCA? You deal with a lot of kind of sad, sorrowful type stings, but what's the what's what's the gratifying part of the job? It's like your story, the hero adoptions. Yeah. You know, the dog that came in there, uh, coming shaking like a vibrator the first couple times out, <laughs> and went through a process of getting better, and a family takes a chance on him, and he comes back a different dog a year or, or a couple or weeks later. Or we get the the email with the pictures how well they're doing. Yeah. You know, the dog that was trying to bite us or rip our heads off at first is now part of the family. That that's the that's people yeah. tell I always ask me, I work here. I used to go I get to see them when they go come back, rehabilitated. Even though they most of them come back a lot, three, four times. There's somebody gonna stick. There's somebody for everybody. Right. There's somebody for everybody. Everybody got there's some kind of there's somebody that's why I keep relating to how adopted a child. Not always to see what you get. But if you put in the, the work, the rewards it's going to be, you know, astronomical. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it right there when it comes to adoption, man. It's like you need to, okay, just like you're saying, you know, the biggest, like, population of animals you got, of dogs that you have are, like, pits and, and chihuahuas or whatever because so many people got them because everybody had them like a commodity. But the thing is, I think it's very good that you choose an animal that fits your personality. Like, our dog, you know, he's a Basenji. He's a rescue. He's a Basenji. You know what's cool about Basenjis? They don't bark. They really don't bark. They yodel nah, every now and then. Get quiet. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like, right now, you, I mean, usually when Mike and I are doing the podcast, never hear my dog. This, you know, this dude is just laid back, quiet. He's like me. During the day, when we're by ourselves, we don't talk. We're chilling. <laughs> you know, this thing about it. And he's another dog. They're like cats also because they clean themselves. They don't smell. They And they, they're they not into licking people in the face. I mean, you can put your face in front of the Basenji. They'll look at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't do that. You know, they'll sniff you. And that's about it. And they like to be pet and rubbed or whatever, but they're calm and relaxed. But, you know, soon as someone's sniffing around a house or coming around a house and they just like feel like, OK, you don't belong here and you're not about to mess up my good home. Then they bark, you know, and, and it sounds like a, a giant dog. And I laugh when I hear him barking outside because you swear there was this big giant Rottweiler outside. And I'm looking at this little 50 pound wonder over here. I'm like, dude. Nobody's I always tell people, it doesn't matter the size of the dog. That's what we primarily yeah, had him for. Yeah, Originally, yeah, yeah. the fire go down, Yeah, another tribesman or animal comes, they bark or they yep. attack. Exactly. So even a dog coming in the home the first day might red light. If you're, I've had Rottweilers come back, which I warn people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're the most protected breed other than German Shepherds German at the Shepherds. top. Yep. Rottweilers and Dobies are right behind them. Yep. I've had a couple go home and I asked to do the research. You know, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Do you research a rots? I'm not going to adopt this rot to you. Come back tomorrow. They did their right. research. They came back with the kids and everything. He did well. I, I I didn't ask them if the husband was at home, which I've been incorporating my. So like I said, you incorporate new stuff to interviews when you when you learn. So he wasn't at home. He tried to come in late night or whatever the time was. That rot would not let him in the house. Day one. Brought <laughs> <laughs> him right back. So I got to tell people every dog, yeah. especially cattle breeds or protection breeds, but every dog, even a Chihuahua, they have that in them. Yeah. Lease the dog up when strangers come in, even if it's a family member. You walking in with that dog, he's already establishes his home, and then this guy comes in. Like, oh, I, I got to prove to these people. I got to prove to these people. I'm about it. Exactly. I'm about it. He ain't coming in here. Right. You know? So. <laughs> If you understand animals, you just got to introduce them to the guy. Oh, man, they're, they're like prisoners. Like, I'm not so going back. They're like, I'm, I'm yeah, not going I'm back. I'm going to prove these guys. I'm going to protect this house. Let me tell you something. I'm never yeah. going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's instinctual behavior, bro. You know, yeah. how do you think birds know how to migrate? Everything is embedded in them. You yeah, know, right. so you can't expect any different. That, that protection in them. You're telling me you're telling me a funny story about how sometimes people will take a dog out into the courtyard and they'll they'll complain to you why why isn't this dog interacting with me? <laughs> you know? Within thirty seconds, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not coming over. He's not showing me any affection. It's like, well, who the hell you are you? Gotta, you gotta, he doesn't know the you. You got yeah. the setup. The dog is a stray. He's never come out before. He's probably gonna come out timid. So give him a few minutes to warm up, but don't reach too fast. That's a setup. Yeah. If we don't know the dog coming out the first time, so they yeah. go into knowing that. And then within 30 seconds, oh, he won't pay attention. Did you not just hear me? That's a stray dog. It's his first time out. Nine out of ten times, the dogs come out timid or scared the first couple of times out, especially this one because I know the dog. Yeah, which right. a lot of times you tell them that and they, they expect miracles as soon as they see the dog. Because I'm right. the, they're all walking in like they're the dog whisperer or something. Like they're like, come on. You know, they well, just put, tell yourself, them. <laughs> put a human in that situation. Now, this exactly. dog is what, five? What is that in human years? That's, Even if it's two, that's, 35, that's like a jail. Yeah. <laughs> and the first person to come visit it after it got dominated in the kennel, so no matter how nice it is down there, that's a jail environment. You put it yeah. with other dogs, right. possibly not its age. If those dogs are veterans in there, they're coming in and pumping that dog right away. Exactly. Even for a dog control, it's going to be supposed to come out if he got, got punked down there. Even if he was a good dog before, he's going to come out and might be intimidated right away. Or if he's an aggressive breed like a terrier, he's going to come out and try to take it right to him. Right, right. That's not always what it is. That dog has just been through a lot and establishing themselves. You got to give them a chance, but a lot of people are not going to sit into that. They want this is America. They want instant satisfaction right away. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, they all want to walk in like they're the freaking dog whisperer. Or something. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're coming in there with a store mentality, right? You go to the store and buy something. That's the thing, right there. Man. And then, and then, if you don't like what you bought, you go take it back for a refund, yeah, exactly, you know? <laughs> or an exchange. You're like, come on, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, want, yeah. I want to exchange this for a different oh. size. <laughs> <laughs> That's going back to not doing your research on rescuing a dog. Right. I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a process. Unless you're trying to get... Even the dogs out of home, we can't guarantee anything. People lie, unfortunately. Right. They don't tell us everything week, which we don't ask them to specify, you know, and, and they're just giving us what they know after a week. People definitely lie. I mean, when, when I rescued my dog Grover on, on the forum, it said that they were dropping him off because he snaps at kids. You know, that was their excuse. Now, he's been around a lot of kids in the neighborhood. He's never ever shown any aggression whatsoever. Yeah. He's never snapped at them, never growled at them, nothing. 
Hell, he may have snapped at their kids because they may have been abusive. You know, it's just like exactly, 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 exactly. So there's that loophole, no, because you can't ask a dog right. to say this kid abused me and the next kid is good. Right. People do that, let alone animals. So you got a great dog that he was able to know these kids were abusing me and the rest of the kids are not the same. Right. People do that, let alone animals. So we get yeah. a lot of dogs that they've been abused by one kid. They don't like kids anymore at all. Right. That's <laughs> amazing dog. Right, that's a good personality right there you, you got in that dog. Yeah. He understands yeah. the difference. He of, you know, he's able to tell stuff again. <laughs> but it's so funny, but you got a human being, it's like you get one guy that's been jilted by one girl, and all of a sudden all women, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I don't like women. They all suck. Why? Because yeah. one cheated on you or whatever? Like, come on, man. <laughs> you can't you can't put that off on everyone else, man. You gotta and, and what, what are you what, what are you supposed to do? Go be with guys? Exactly. Because you know? well, guess what? Because guess what? They cheat too. What's the solution to that? It's, it's like, so well, funny, you know. I had a friend in college, man, and she was the same way. She's like, yeah, I'm over guys, and I'm just gonna start dating women. I said, you know, they cheat, they cheat and abuse you too. You know that, right? There's some abusive lesbians out there. You know, probably far more abusive than a man. No, well, no, the no. the and the. The rape, the rape, the rape rate in the lesbian community is yeah. extremely high. Exactly, but extremely no one talks high. about that. No one no does. No one talks exactly. about that. No, oh no, come on, you know, because everybody's got this TV fantasy of what lesbians look like. You know, the lipstick lesbians, blah blah blah, and you know, <laughs> you know they got the, those are just porn stars. Those are bisexual. Oh, I see some raw lesbians, bro. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I, I DJed in a, in a gay club, and I've had like yeah. these. These I've had these lessons come up to the DJ booth. They're wearing straight up like baseball cap. Go, I mean, grills, hair and cornrows like I didn't know. And she's banging on the window like, hey, now it's, it's a house music club. Right. She comes up to me banging on the window like, hey, when you gonna stop playing this sissy music and play some horse and play some DJ screw? I'm like, uh, you're a sissy. Stop that. <laughs> like, I, was like, I said, what are you saying? I said, do you even hear the words coming out of your mouth? I'm like, first of all, you're in a house club, you know, and this is what they play. And you, know, you, you don't have to prove that you're hard to me. You don't have to prove anything to me. Just be you. And, you know, that was the craziest thing about it. They try to prove how much, how hard they were. And, like, they were more manly than I was. Like, I, I don't care. I'm not trying to date you. And I don't want your girlfriend. You have nothing to prove. Just be yourself. It's like some, it's like some female cops, right? Not yeah, all some, oh fe- yeah, some female some cops. Yeah. I've, I've, I've encountered her. Yeah. She comes up with yeah. her hand up, you know, right above her gun. She's talking about, um, why are you driving so fast? Like, okay, why are you growling? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, stand down, okay? It's okay. Get I'm down like, or not. <laughs> Like, well, you know you're not supposed to go that fast, right? I'm like, oh wow. Like, are you? Why are you, why are you yelling? I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, you're, you're like, hold on a second, put earplugs in. <laughs> she was anticipating the problem. That's I know. I said, well, first of all, I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm already trying to de-escalate the situation. You see yeah. both these hands on the steering wheel. Look, I'm not treating you any different than a male cop. I know the protocol here. Calm. It's one down. thing. It's one thing to anticipate. It's another to provoke a exactly. situation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your anticipation is self-made. You know? on, trust me, I don't see you as a female cop. I see you as a cop. So calm down, okay? So it's not like I'm going to treat you but any different or try to overpower you. I'm like, you're still a cop. Yeah, we, we I remember, I, remember I, had, I had three cops talking cops. to me when I was a teenager, and you know, one guy said something. I'm like, yes, sir. Then the lady asked me something, and I just said, yes, sir. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, she's like, I'm not, she's like, I'm not a sir, I'm a man, you know? <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to may, give you the same perspective as all the cops here. I'm like, you may be a woman, but I am nervous, okay? And that's just what happened. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it was. You know? I was like, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm surrounded by three cops. I'm nervous. You oh, know? God. <laughs> like, shit. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man! I bet we all got some cop stories. Oh man, I bet we do. <laughs> no, but, but but an interesting story is what Dwayne is what you told me about how you guys used to have some ex cons who worked at the shelter and and how that didn't work out. So what? How did that whole yeah. thing go on? Yeah, we used to hire out of this program um, down the block. It was, it was a halfway house. Right. You know, they're in and they're out. So we we did a maybe ten people. Maybe one worked out of the ten. You know, we had some coming there having sex on the job with females, some doing drugs, <laughs> could do it there. But the most, the I'm most, just, the most. I'm laughing sincere because I'm trying. But first of all, this place, the Nevada SPC, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice place for dogs, but, you know, sex, yeah, that's how my sex, boss looks sex is not what's on my mind when I'm walking through there. You know? the gutters, oh, man, I'm going to dog That's terrible, man. That's, yeah. yeah. It's not a strip club environment. Let's put it that nah, way. You know, there's compared, nothing sensual about the place. But know? compared to where they've been, compared to a prison <laughs> and a halfway house. Oh, you know, yeah. What's, you know, it's not that much they, of a difference they, in their they, mind. They, they, they see a woman anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, like, well, hey. Yeah, yeah. And, and what, what's, was, up with the, what's up with these women who work there? <laughs> it's actually these guys. Uh, well, it was, <laughs> this was a young, dumb girl. So, it was okay. like, so okay. yeah, we don't even hot youngs anymore. So that's the problem. Oh, well, the main you're all walking have. by a kennel. There's two people going. You're like, is that a new back there? Like, no, nah, yeah, here's a, a palm, here's a pomeranian. Here's a golden retriever, and here's two people going at it. I mean, you're wailing. Like, wait a minute, man, is that the pomeranian? No, that's the new, that's the new guy. <laughs> no, that's just Rick, man. Oh. <laughs> then, Dwayne, you said that some of the people were just confrontational, so that was a problem. That was- Main problem. Yeah, the main yeah, problem. Everything yeah. was a cop to take it outside. I and mean, you gotta you gotta talk them down and make them understand you're not in that jail environment. It's not a competition. Nobody's here to fight you. And if you confrontate me, you're gonna get fired. So <laughs> there's no take it outside. This is where it stops. So either you're gonna adjust or you're gonna be headed back and we're gonna try yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Point I, blank. I think that's the probably the hardest thing with rehabilitation is that if you've been in that environment where you have to be hard all the time, it's hard to turn that switch off when you're out of that environment. Yeah, and then it goes right. to back to the animals, the same way they're going to react yeah, if they've absolutely. been through that environment. Yeah. It takes some talking them down. And, and talk, uh, to the, uh, my boss's credit, we did try for a couple of years, and we did get one good employee out of it, Sam. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stuck with us for like eight years. Oh, that's cool. But for the most part, we had a lot of problems. But Sam was exceptional. He was an older guy. And we, we found when you, when you go older, it's just people can't handle the heat when they're older. So we can't really you know, focus on that age group like Sam. Right. Yeah. He worked out because we um, minor responsibilities like driving the dogs back back and forth to you know to get to get fixed or to pick up dogs from the kill shelter which is a big part of what we do you know that man I think yeah. that's where we got your guy from. yeah you know, we rescue yeah. three to two days except for, for the weekends for the most part every dog you adopt helps us bring one more in yeah yeah definitely. So I tell, tell my team everything you do plays plays to the process it's like a team effort you know even if you're just cleaning up picking up a piece of poop even if you Taking that extra stand to pick up a hair you see on the floor. The cleaner we look, the more presentable we look to the customers and it helps us, you know, bring more people in. Right. So I think sometimes people are discouraged from going to a place like the SPCA or any shelter because they're thinking, well, I don't, I don't want a dog who's had a bunch of problems. I'd rather just go get a, a puppy from a breeder and then have a fresh start, right? Right. So, I mean, that's that's got to be something that, that mentality has to be pretty ubiquitous, something you deal with quite a bit. Yeah, but we got that. We got those too. We get puppies too. 
Yeah. So yeah. Well, that, that, well, that's what I mean. That's not a solution either. Is where I'm going. Is like no, that's, that's not, that's not going to be problem free either. So somehow people think, oh, if no. I just do this, it'll be problem free. It's like there's going to be problems, and it's a responsibility. It's yeah, to do exactly. It's not a way where you just turn off the switch when you're done playing. You, you need structure. You still need the structure. You still got to teach that that youngster just like you would the adult. Right. Right. And if the adult's been through the process already, it's going to be an easier process too. Yeah. Okay, man, we don't want to keep you on all day, but uh, what do you think? I mean, what, what advice do you have for just final advice you have for people that are thinking about coming by the SPCA or any rescue in their locality and considering picking up an animal? Well, do your research um, on rescuing a dog so you understand what you're getting into. And there's, there's different types of personalities of dogs. You can do research on breeds to find out which, which breed matches what you need. If you're yeah. an active lifestyle, like a terrier or a cattle dog. Right. Just you went through that process. Or even coming down, if you want to rescue a dog with special needs or w- where there's an unknown, you come down and engage the dogs, just like you did. You know, get to know the dog and, and make the right choice of the dog. Even if you want to do that before you introduce your dog into the situation. Right. You know, it, it's a process. You don't have to just come down and pick the first dog you see. We get dogs in there every day. You know, the main thing is what we can take from it is do your research on what you're getting into and find the proper breed so you have a, a baseline where, where to work from. At least you know, you know, you know what, what you're getting. It's kind of like anything else you would do, right? If you're going to buy a house, you don't just go yeah. buy the first house you exactly. see. You do your research. You check out neighborhoods. You check out homes. You think about what you want to do. And then if you're thinking about buying, you may have a, you may hire a home inspector to come in and then just evaluate everything. I mean, if you're going to buy a car, you don't just go to. You don't just go to CarMax today and buy something. It goes back to the human aspect. I had this young girl. She was maybe 20. She said, um, um, I'm just here to adopt a dog. You know, did you do any research? No. I had my kid. I didn't do any research. I just used my motherly instincts. Yeah, but did you? But let's talk about your, let's talk about your kid's father. Yeah, let's talk about your kid's father. He's like, I'm just here to pick up a sperm donor. <laughs> Come on. My I had to girl. I, before we did an interview, I had to preach to her for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Young lady. Oh man. Damn. I must, I, I'm, damn. I'm not sold, am I? <laughs> oh man. Oh, I just, I just used my motherly instinct. That's the, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so some people. Some people probably bring in crystals and go, "Okay, the crystal is drawing me to this dog." You know, <laughs> <laughs> to my, you laugh. <laughs> okay, my, the universe has spoken to me and it's him. Like, what, huh? this, this this dog looks like he's smiling at me. He's not. Dogs don't smile. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my, that's only on commercials. That's, that, that's called that's that's called panting. It's hot out here. Right? <laughs> not smiling. So I, got, I got the opposite spectrum of you. Like you went and took the time. I got dog guys that come in and, and say within five seconds, "Oh, that's a guy." You're you ever know? You ever just know? Yeah. <laughs> that's a guy. That's a guy. Those are the same guys who've had like 10 failed marriages. Exactly. They just, they just marry like any, the first date they want to get married. It's like, come I on. Just, I just looked at her. I just knew she was the one. I said, no, you were looking in her chest and you know those were the two. <laughs> those were the two. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> You're, you're looking at you're looking at the puppies. <laughs> you're like, man, those hush puppies. I can get used to those. Oh, I can man. motorboat that yeah, all day. It's like, like she's I can get the, the one. woman in a, in, a boat, in a boat all in one time. Hell yeah! Well, that's on, why man. I always that's why I always encourage guys, you know, to sleep with as many women as possible before <laughs> you settle down. <laughs> just, just, just. <laughs> 
<laughs> see, you see these guys who've been like, you know, they married their high school sweetheart. I was like, your high school sweetheart? Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it works out, man. So I'm not totally making fun of it, but still, it's like in life, you, you gotta. Anyway, you know what? We could. This could be a segue. That, <laughs> That's no, a whole I'm, different podcast. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm opening a black hole here, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, I just gotta think about possibly B if you just met. You got to <laughs> Hold on, I'm just sitting there going, thinking about all the people I, with the high school when you said yeah. that. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think about think about girls you knew in high school. Now imagine being married to one of those. <laughs> even girls you knew in college, like you know, what I mean, you know, you got to go live a while, man. Figure out who the hell you are before you decide to settle down with someone else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to know what's out there too before you yeah. think what you got is golden. Yeah. Well, well, well. I mean, some guys have the opposite problem. They're like, well, I know what's out there, and I guess this is the best I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's a real depressing way to look at it, man. It's like people do that in so many facets of life, right? Relationships, like, well, I don't like this job, but guess this is the guess best I'm going to do. Hey, at least I have a it's job, like, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. No, yeah, you know, she gets on my nerves, but at least I, I know I got I got somebody to go to bed, you know, next to every night. Yeah, but you don't want to sleep there. You sleep on the couch. <laughs> so what's your point? <laughs> Oh man! Say what? You know, you know, the relationship has deteriorated to a place of a point of no return when you're farting in front of each other. When that's acceptable, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, that's uh, that's an example of you're way too comfortable with each other. Right? Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> and if someone, and the thing is, if they, if you do and you both laugh at it, that's when there's a problem. One of you should be discussing, like, really? You got to look like, are yeah, you serious exactly. right now? <laughs> Start having contests. Yeah, shoot one last. <laughs> oh, that's the bet you got. Check this out. You know, then there's a problem. <laughs> That is not your you friend, buddy. Sometimes, sometimes I see these older couples in the neighborhood where I live, and they, they have this they have matching outfits on. That's a bad. That's not a good look. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man! Or they have the corresponding T-shirt like "I'm with stupid." To my yeah, but you, yeah, but you married stupid. You know, that's on the other shirt. Like, wait a minute, are y'all serious right now? Who the hell are you? Hey, you see that in Vegas though? Those shirts. So. Oh man, I know, and it's so funny. I'm just cracking up, and they're all bedazzled, and then the guys wearing a bedazzled shirt with the woman. I'm like, what do you do? Yeah, is this for real? <laughs> Vegas it up, but, and they only do it in Vegas. They don't do it back home. It's just like this is this does not give you the right to do, to wear that. No, uh, just just the kind of dumb things people say. It's like, yeah, you know, once I got married to her, I realized she's the boss. It's like, no, what you should realize is you're a chump. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she's the boss, man. Who the hell are you kidding? <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be a whole other segment for you, the oh. marriage thing, bro. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, you have you have very strong views on that. So we'll we'll definitely have you back and, and talk about that. That's that's another hour or two, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that means I did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Believe me, if, if you didn't do a good job, Dwayne, we wouldn't have been talking this long. We would have wrapped it up like 15 minutes in, like, 30 minutes. Like, well, it's like it's like it's like you know, Dwayne, we know you got a busy day. You cut people off before, for real? We don't necessarily cut oh, people off, but we, we wrap can, it up, we and then we don't up. release the, we don't release that episode. Yeah. <laughs> if it comes, if it comes, Mike and my own little secret, like you know what? Yeah, we don't have to release that episode. We, we, had, we had a guest early in in the inception of our show oh who God. was not very interesting at all, and we decided we, we didn't even have to have a discussion. We both realized right afterwards, <laughs> yep, we're going to scrap that one. <laughs> like, oh, go ahead and delete that one, man. It's like we're just, starting, we're just starting to get some momentum. We're just starting to get listeners going, coming in, building and all that. That's the kind of episode that can derail the whole thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, our, our show is all about authenticity. So if you come on our show, you better be authentic. Yeah, don't 
don't sit because, there and dance around stuff and try yeah, to get the political correct it. answers. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're not politically not- correct. Come on, man. We've gone from talking about anal bleaching to, <laughs> to, to, to real dolls and everything else. So if you're very sensitive, this is not the show for you to come on to, man, because, hey. <laughs> and like I said, well, the whole anal bleaching thing came full circle, you know, my last guest. <laughs> Thank you, Mike Catherwood. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's the one you said to look up. I'm gonna look that one up for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out Mike Catherwood. You'll, you'll enjoy that episode. Dwayne, do you have dogs at home? Yeah, I got sit, sit my little dog Simba. My my oh, other okay, one, okay. my 15 year old sister just passed. Oh, sorry to hear that. It had him, you know, since he was three weeks old. That was the first one. We took this other special needs dog. I wanted to get a big dog next, but um, my. My my ladies. Yeah, I'm having that debate. <laughs> she because she yeah. wants something smaller. I'm like, and so we, you know, our... this dog was a project. He was real aggressive. So uh, he, huh. he's super, but he's got a, like a terrier attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, actually, Daryl yeah. Ryder came. Up, my cousin is lived a blessed life. I mean, he grew up in um, L.A. Yeah, and his, his friend was Tupac. He was actually Tupac's DJ, mm-hmm. and he went to Spice One. I don't know if you know Spice yeah, One. He's, yeah, he's the Yeah. Actually, just my cousin just came in last week, and I spent the night with Spice One. He just released a new um, CD. I got a, a free CD out of it, even though I had to keep my mouth shut when Jar and him and me and Spice One were speaking because they were trashing LeBron, you know, because they're from Oakland. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Golden State. <laughs> I'm getting a, a Jar Ryder poster out of it. So like, I kept so my you, mouth you, shut. You spent the night, and all you got was a CD? Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing this too long. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't imply anything, man. That's all on you. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I, I like LeBron James too, and that that I mean, I, I was first, I was surprised that Cleveland even made it to the finals because I don't watch basketball that much until it gets I, towards I, the finals. I, my my dad called me up. He's like, "Yeah, you know, Cleveland's doing well in the finals. This is the first couple of games." That 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 tells you, you know. The caliber well, of a player. Of, That's why when I'm, he said he is the greatest player in the world, no one could have been upset about him saying that. Because but he didn't say. It. He didn't say. It. I, I saw it. They they look at it as play that little part. Yeah, they play a little part, but it's just like you know they didn't it's play the entire interview. That, but yeah. when you listen to it, he's like, you know what? You can't argue with this guy. Look I mean, he took he done. took he took fucking Cleveland to the final a team thing. by himself. You know, you think course. you think they would have gotten there without him on the team? I don't think so. And, and guess yeah, you gotta and, be and, and they and they won two games. You know, they didn't just get. I mean, they lost several. I mean, they, they, it was it was it was fairly one sided as it got towards well, the end. Let's go beyond that. Let's but they, take but it they back. got there. Take it the back final, to Miami. Take it back to Miami. Miami wouldn't have gotten those rings without him. Let's yeah. just be honest about it. Let's yeah. Just, yeah. And Dwayne Wade knew that. He's not stupid, Dwayne. He was like, no, I need to get these dudes on my team. And because yeah. because first of all, I'm not a spring chicken here. And I I want a freaking ring. Okay, so and he did what he did, and he got two rings out of the deal. So he can't even be mad. Okay, so again, would that have happened without LeBron on the Heat's team? Now he's he's a fun guy to watch play, yeah. man. He's so good. Yeah. Now, even if you're not a basketball fan, you'll enjoy watching him because the, the athleticism is incredible. Exactly, and the work ethic, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Want. There's a reason why they can have that kind of belief in themselves because they put in the work. That's what people always forget about. They put in yeah. the freaking work. He didn't just wake up and like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna get a championship today. Like, no, he had to put in some hours, man, to make that happen. And there's always it's these comparisons funny. to Jordan and whatever else. But don't forget, Jordan. Everybody say you know, he was the greatest of all time, looking at the numbers yeah. compared to LeBron. But guess who's better than Jordan? Kareem. When you look at the numbers, as, as far as being that, if you're going to go by the numbers of that, but all the LeBron haters are uh, are Kobe and oh, and I know. <laughs> 
But Kobe and Jordan were way more conceited and headstrong yeah, and than people LeBron. People forget about that. Hey, most of these kids right. weren't even around when that happened, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Most of the ones talking weren't even in that generation. Things in him. They were really because this is before media. The media yeah, is exactly right. So imagine if they're around now. It's the words they would have said. But you know, you take it as they, you, you, if you're not if you're not doing something right, you're not you, exactly. You don't. Have haters, so you always yeah. have haters. If you don't have any haters, then obviously, I mean, you're you're irrelevant. Obviously, man, nobody's paying, right. no one's paying attention to you. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing about. It. I always tell people, you want to have haters, but don't sit there like yeah. oh, I can't stand these haters. Like, no, that means you. Someone's paying attention to what you're doing, so just make sure that what you're doing is relevant. That you're making something happen in a positive way. Well, I mean, if you're not so, if you're not pissing people off from time to time, then you don't really stand for anything, right? You're just a fence walker. That's just it, a, it, Mr. It, Mr. Agreeable. Exactly. Where Everybody Mr. likes you. There's a problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a cool dude. You just make sure your your stance is is the right stance, and you 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 solid. Exactly. So, <laughs> There's one thing man, about it: if everyone likes you, I know you got some great balance because you know how to walk that freaking fence, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to provoke people into action, like like the, going back to the, the chiropractor left a review. I mean, he left yeah. us a five star review, which was very nice, and then he just gave us constructive feedback. Yeah. Not not even really constructive feedback, just sharing his his feedback based on what he heard. And but but what, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, you know what? You've been listening to the show for a long time. I can tell by the feedback, but it wasn't until this episode that you took the time to leave a review. View. Yep. You never, you probably never would have left a review if we didn't incite you in some way. And and, and that's good. And that's good because that's good. everyone, that's everyone that. should exactly. not like us. <laughs> you know, someone we should say something at least that like oh, I don't agree with that man. I don't know yeah. about that. You should be fine. questioning that, and that's yeah. great. I, actually, I welcome that more than man. I love everything you guys say. Okay, I'm worried. Yeah, exactly. I, I worry about that. Then I'm worried. I don't trust that dude. I, I had a guy come to me one time. He's like, oh, you know, I, I've read all your hormone optimization info, and I, I abdicate all my faith in you to cure my problems. I'm like, guy, man, first of all, I'm not available to cure your problems. I'm like, second of all, you shouldn't be giving anyone that much power, man. Come on. You're looking for some kind of savior? Please. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the majority of, of our society. Everybody's looking for a freaking savior. Well, that, that, that's, that's especially why if you people, sound smart, especially, especially if it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, he's using some very big words, and he must know what he's talking about. Then I must follow him and, and do whatever he says. Like, no, What's what you must like do is get a dictionary saying. and find out what the hell that word meant. And then you'll realize, like, ah, ooh, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know? If they hate you and still listening to you, you're doing something right. Exactly. No, I mean, no, look I at Howard Stern. That's how he's made it all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Beck, hell, you know, freaking. Well, I mean, the, the example no. I bring up is not a guy who dislikes us or the show. It was just that he, he likes yeah. the show. And he like he just he just he disagreed with us opinion. on one point, which is perfectly fine. But my point is, is that he didn't take the time to leave a review until. Right. There was something that incited him to. In other words, he likes the show. He could have left us a positive review 20 episodes ago, right. but he didn't take the time to do it until there was something that he disagreed with strongly, and it provoked him to take the time to get on a computer and do a write-up. You know? yeah. So where I'm going with this is that it's 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 good to be opinionated, and it's good to be strong with whatever you're doing. Rather than a lot of podcasts out there, oh they're all about just people pleasing. It's oh like the guest comes on, let's just agree with everything the guest has to say. Oh, let's, let's not say that because our audience might get pissed off. You know, Sincere and I call out our audience all the time. It's like, look, a lot of you people are just freeloaders who are never going to buy anything, and that's not cool <laughs> because you're just taking advantage of the people who do it and us as well for putting the show together. Yeah, we, even and call out, we even call out guests. It's like, you know, we've had guys like, well, you know, this happens because, nah, man, I can't, I can't let you ride with that. I said, yeah. I, I feel differently about that. You know, just right. even had one saying, like, you know, the problem with kids today and being violent, blah, 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 is 
you know, basing it all on video games. I'm like, nah, right. uh-uh. Come on. I, I said, dude, I'm a, I said, first of all, you know. Or, or, and, and music. It's like, oh, this aggressive music. It's like, come aggressive on. Aggressive music. I'm like, first of all, dude, I came, I worked in a, if that's the case, I worked around a lot of aggressive music. Okay, I worked around a lot of hip-hop. Okay, and worked for a lot of urban labels. I said, like, I'm not going around shooting up a bunch of people. Okay, so I don't understand what you're saying right here. So, and, and, I, and I'm also a parent. So, for someone who doesn't have kids to make yeah. that statement, to right, someone right, who has right. kids who has varying taste in music, and yet they've committed no crimes, you know, have clean records in college, have families. I don't understand what you're saying. You're very, you're putting a big ass blanket on a lot of people. Right. Uh, you put a lot of bl- you put a blanket on a lot of people that you don't even know that you right. haven't been in that environment. So you can't do that. That is very irresponsible. To do no, so, no, of course not. We, and we made it known. It's like, nah, dude. Yeah. And Mike doesn't yeah, have yeah, kids. And he even said, like, nah, I can't go with that. Well, hell, if that's the case, Mike, from all the quote-unquote hardcore music, because someone that doesn't know anything about it would think that that music is all about, like, kill, murder, blah, 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 you know, and they'll think, like, well, you know, that's the kind of music you listen to, then, you know, you know that dude's angry and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, this is probably one of the most compassionate dudes you're going to ever meet. But you didn't know that. You know, if you're just going by the music that you hear and the way that music sounds to you without listening to the lyrics, yeah, I know sometimes you can't understand what the hell they're saying. Well, I mean, like, people, don't, like, don't, don't well, people, people like Hitler were huge fans of classical music. <laughs> exactly. Right? Which, which everyone, which everyone, <laughs> equates, everyone equates classical music. And I like classical music, by the yeah. way, but everyone equates classical music with relaxing and, and taming peaceful. the beasts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my attitude is it's not the music you're listening to. It's not the TV you're watching. <laughs> You know, if, if it wasn't, if it was, I mean, most of all, also, I mean, the argument can be squashed very easily by just going, look, violence has been around since the beginning of Thank human you. time, <laughs> long before television, music, radio, internet. It was, it was, it was way more violent than it is now. Actually, it's just now you, way you, more. you have more access to it now. It's like because everybody has a yeah. camera phone. Trust me, if somebody had been sitting out there, if you believe in the story, in the Garden of Eden, and saw Cain striking him, you striking Abel, like, <laughs> and then they put up on YouTube, like, oh man, dude gets hit in the head with a rock by his brother. So my, to my, to my, look how they reacted. <laughs> like, come on, man. All you gotta and look you, is look, look what Martin Luther King looked at growing up, and look what he became. He, exactly. Thank you. So you people are not thinking in the broad spectrum, bro. That's no, all it is. Exactly. Right. They're just boss. A box. Right. It, they're just they're just looking for simple solutions yeah. for complicated problems. Exactly. Right. It's like, oh well, censorship's the answer. No, it's not the answer. And hey, what, what, what a lot what a lot of people don't realize is that you know, I always laugh when someone says that there's so much violence on TV. And I'll always say, You realize that's all fake. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't care how fucking violent a movie is. I don't care if someone's being decapitated and, and raped. It's fake. It's simulated. It's not real. Now, real violence, like what's ha- what's what's ha- what happened in Rwanda many years ago, where millions of people were butchered with knives and so with forth. Knives, yes, not guns. We, mostly, we, it was mostly we should, knives. Yeah, we should all be really disturbed by that and want to do something about that. But yet, what are people focused on? Violence on television, which is fake. Fucking fake people. It's not real. So well, why are you, you know, so concerned about well, fake at the time, stuff? At the time we're recording this show right now, you know, because you know, as soon as something happens, all of a sudden it has to be a ban. It has to be a ban on that guns, whatever. <laughs> well, now thanks to Puffy. There's gonna be there's probably gonna be some kettlebell control now. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> I heard about so, that. So Mike, you know, it looks like you and I got pretty much moved away from that industry at the right time because now yeah, there's gonna be like a ban on kettlebells. Man, you gotta know when to get in and get out. Good thing, good thing I got out of the kettlebell world just in now, just a nick of time. Kettlebell control. That's gonna be everyone's campaign slogan for 2016. We need more control on kettlebells. You're gonna, you're gonna have security at kettlebell workshops from now on. Well, we should have known those kettlebells were dangerous because they were created by Russians, and you know we can't trust Putin. So it's his fault. We're gonna blame Putin for for Diddy's outburst. Okay. <laughs> oh um, man. 
That's hilarious. Awesome, well, hey, man, great having you on the show. And people can find out more about the Nevada SPCA at, I think it's just NevadaSPCA.org, right? Yeah, www.NevadaSPCA.org. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, well, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. Definitely have you, you back. Guys. Man. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. For those of you that live in Vegas, definitely ask for Dwayne when you go down there. Great guy, very knowledgeable about all the animals there, so he can really help guide you in making the right decision. Thank you, guys, again. Or you can call down, 702-873-7722. Sounds good, man. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Thanks a lot. You have a great day. Take care, man. You too now, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks again. Take care. My pleasure. All right. So again, that's our friend Dwayne Crawford from the Nevada SPCA. He doesn't have Facebook or Twitter because he's busy. You know, he's busy he's down there do. helping animals. But he's not down there helping out dogs and then tweeting, tweeting about, about it. Tweeting about it and taking <laughs> selfies with the dogs. <laughs> yeah. This guy's dedicated, man. Like I, he doesn't. I don't think he even has an email address. You know, he's, he's yeah, he's busy, man. He's on yeah, the I'm other. Looking, I'm looking at the photo you sent to me of him. I'm like, no, we can't use that, man. It's blurred. No, we'll get another. And I, one. And I think you did a screen capture of him while we were actually on Skype with him. I'm like, nope, going to do that again, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get another, we'll get another one. That's from how low key Dwayne is, man. How busy is he? Like you can't even go on Google and search for a picture and find him, you know, because he's too busy working. And well, you know the, the people. The people that are trying to do the most good, people like Dwayne and James Pond and yeah. Melia Kaplan and uh, Christina mm-hmm. you know, we've had on the show, these, these are all people that are out there doing stuff. They're not sitting around talking about it every five seconds. You know, they're not talking about what they are planning on doing. They're talking about what they are doing is where I'm going. Exactly. exactly. So those are the kind of people I wholeheartedly support. Because they're in the field making stuff happen. So anyway, folks, check out NevadaSPCA.org if you're out here in Vegas or Nevada. And then check out the local shelter in wherever you're at. There's plenty of animals in need. And take your time. You you don't have to go to the shelter today and and grab an animal. Take your time. Make sure that it's a good fit for your home so that you don't have to take them back and try to get another one and play that whole game. Yeah, exactly. Like Dwayne said, do your research. There's no rush, man. I mean, it's no rush because rushing – that, that that could actually be work that could be more detrimental to the animal than them being where they already are. Right, right. Now, like this dog, this cocker spaniel I picked up. I mean, I was going to the SPA about once or twice a week for probably about three or four weeks. Yeah. Before I finally made the decision, and then and then after all that, I realized, you know what? I know who the fit is. And it's not always easy to make a choice. So sometimes right. I get that because there were so many nice dogs there I was looking at, and it was yeah. really hard. It came down to three. And it was it was tough. It was tough to make a decision. So I, what made it easier was looking at what would fit with my pack dynamic. Right, you know, right. the other dogs, like the like the energy in the house. Like, what kind of lifestyle do I have? What how 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 is he going to interact with my other dogs? Is he going to fit with that? And then that made it easier. So anyway, you know, I get it that it's it's not easy to make, but take the time to do it. You know, you won't regret it. Exactly. All right, now. Let's remind you, those those of you that have been supporting the show, we appreciate it. Been using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off some great products on both of our respective websites. So make sure you go over to MikeMahler.com, use that coupon code, get some load up on some awesome nutrition supplements, power you through those workouts this summer. And how about with you, man? Same thing, man. Head over to NewWarriorTraining.com, use the same coupon code, 10% off all my products over there. And um, pretty soon, man, it's going to be another division of New Warrior Training over there. I mean, it fits right in with the name. It's more oh, about cool. self, self-protection and self-defense. So nice. it's been the last few weeks, man, getting lots of training and just came back from a defensive pistol training course this past weekend, man. Oh, you know, cool. In light of the things, you know, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks after some things that have happened in South Carolina. But again, 
we just like we said, violence has been going on since the beginning of time. It's not like any of these things are new. The thing yeah. is, it's all all this proves is that be, having situation awareness is very, very is even probably more important now than ever before. So that's the thing about it. So it's not about whether you're against this or you're for this. But one thing about it, when you say self-protection and self-defense, the one thing we always forget about is self. And, you know, in, in training, just like anything, whether it's fitness or whatever, just getting that certification or just going to a workshop is not enough. You've got to put in the time and make get that muscle memory. And that's what it comes down to right. when you're protecting yourself. Because being fit and not knowing how to use that physicality, you know, to, to better your life, it, then it's just a waste of time. So, right. yeah, that's going to be the next aspect aspect of being added on to New Warrior Training. And there's going to be courses that I'm going to be teaching and, and everything like that. But, you know, I'm still putting in the work right now, still <clears throat> training with some of the best people in the country to really – I'm learning from the experts right here, man. I'm learning so much, man. And that's great. looking forward to sharing this information with all you guys out there. Again, it's not about, you know, whether you choose this or you're against that. This is about – one thing about it, I'm pretty sure all of us listening right now, the one thing we all choose is life. I'm pretty sure right. someone on Suicide Watch is not listening to this show. So pretty much everybody <laughs> here listening right now, you are about, you know, protecting yourself and learning the best you can. That's the reason why when we bring, you know, Tim Larkin on the show, you guys have such a great response. The information that Tim drops on the show, because we're all interested in self-preservation, if anything. That's the reason why we train. That's why we that's why we're in the fitness, because we we don't want to be that guy. You know, who's huffing and puffing when time when the time comes when you got to make right. moves. You know, right. you want to be able to be strong as you can be and as healthy as you can be. And this is this is all part of that. This is no different. So, yeah, that's coming along pretty soon, man. So, yeah. Have a lot now, of are, are condoms going to be part of your self-protection line? Man, you know, you someone, <laughs> come on, that's none of come on, that's none of my business. You should have learned that when you had that little talk with your parents. Okay. <laughs> when you have the talk, don't come to me for the talk. I can't help you at this point. <laughs> People are reading the show notes. Oh, self protection. They're selling self- condoms now. Great. Like, oh man. <laughs> you got vegan condoms now, Mike? I'm like, you know, what, what other kind of condoms were there? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man. All right, folks. Thanks again for supporting the show. Make sure to share this one, listen to it. And get it out there, man. This is, this is an important topic. So we, we're not always just going to have fitness people talking about how to get stronger and leaner. You know, we want we want to go way beyond that topic. Exactly. So perfect. All right, folks. Take care. We'll catch you on the next show.